Hey now, this is Billy F. Gibbons, your ZZ Top buddy, wishing you a Merry Christmas. George Norrie and the gang got it going on, wishing you happy holidays. Have mercy. How cool is that? Billy F. Gibbons, what a great guy he is. Back to the calls on this holiday moment. Let's go to Brendan in Austin, Texas. Hey, Brendan, how are you? Hello. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, everybody. You too. I just wanted to say real quick, uh, quick tribute to Art Bell. I, I love the guy. I love all the shows, and I'm so happy that he made Coast to Coast and formed the path for us to be here. I second that. So uh, you were talking about your your 20 years on Coast, and I wanted to tell you something because I don't think that you know this, and this is just like a, a special treat for all the fans and you. But uh, so there's a show that's worth over $2 million. And it started out that was going to be an adult show, but it didn't go that way. And it ended up being bought as a kid's show. And the fans of the show are obvious, or the creators of the show are obviously fans of Coast to Coast because you have a cameo on the show. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, you should have one of your uh, grandchildren show it to you or look it up on YouTube. It's. Uh, Adventure Time, and the character's name is Starchy, and he has a radio show, and it's it's so funny the way that they designed the character because they, like, mixed you and Art Bell together, <laughs> like, physically, uh, and that's how it looks. And in the episodes, like, there's always somebody saying, oh, stop, stop listening to that radio show, turn off the radio show, go and do this, and the radio show host is telling them, how to spot reptilians and what to do about it. I love it. Basically, at the end of the episode, uh, reptilians come, and only the person listening to the show knows what to do about it. <laughs> so the guy, the guy's cool. name is Starchy. That's a, that's the a host of the show. That you should look it up though. It's on Adventure Time. And one quick thing before I go, the caller JC. Yeah. You got to get him as the running mate for Trump. I don't think anybody <laughs> else could get the the. Uh, the energy of Trump and the message, as well as JC. If not JC, maybe Oscar, the caller Oscar. That that'd be the second pick. <laughs> All oh. right. Sorry about the joke. Y'all have a good one. Merry Christmas. You too, Brendan. You take care of yourself and have fun. Good guy. Next up, let's go to Lisa in New York. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Hi, George. I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you and your guests and the show. And what a difference it has made, I'm sure, in many people's lives, but it's made a big difference for me. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've it, for the last six months, I have been in such deep grief because of the person I lost. And being able to call and talk to the mediums, and I even, one of, one of the mediums who I didn't get to talk with on your show, I had a reading with her uh, last week, and it just was really transformational for me perfect really made such a huge difference and i feel you know well that's what we're here for 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 oh that's the important thing it's really you really do such a service for everyone you ready for christmas uh i am um in some ways um I don't really, unfortunately, since my dad passed uh, almost 20 years ago, my family doesn't really get together or anything anymore. So that's kind of sad, you know. 
It happens. He was, I guess, you, kind of the glue that held us all together. Well, you stay strong, okay? Okay. Keep calling in Thanks. and being part of the program. Next up, our special guest and dear friend, Whitley Streber, noted author. Hello, Mr. Streber. How are you? Merry Christmas. George, Merry Christmas to you and to everybody. It's great to, to hear your voice and be on again. Uh, we love you, my friend, and you have brought so many great moments to this program over the years, so thank you for that. Well, may there be many more. Exactly. Absolutely. How's your health? Everything good? Yeah, everything's great. Um, I'm hoarse now for some reason. I took a COVID test. Or, uh, it's not that, so I guess it's good. probably allergies. But anyway, I'm looking forward to a great Christmas with my family. Super. You're a good man, Whitley, and uh, you're one of a kind. Did Tommy said you might have had a little poem for us tonight. I do have a poem for you, yeah. This is a poem I wrote just for family and friends, and it's on this the Dreamland double show that's this next two weeks. Uh, it's called Christmas. All right. Want to share it with us? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Three days and one and one after the sun begins to return. Fires are lit on the gathered snow. Dancing starts because they know the world will continue somehow. The solar excursion is done. They stomp the blowing snow and dream of waving wheat. And why not? Spring will come and soon. But then there's Bethlehem. A child is shining born. And shepherds are perplexed by mysterious transits in the night. Tiny, warmed by the breath of cattle, mother not yet wed, a a family desperate with mystery. The shepherds coming, eyes turned inward to the wonder they have seen. The father afraid, what will happen to my son? Is he my son? And my wife, what does her story mean? They're in a cave behind an inn. Nobody cares. He's a bit of flesh wrapped in a thin old cloak, hardly there at all. Just another babe, but the only one born here tonight. So what were those lights? He lives a hard life and dies a miserable death. He's here now, only waiting to be noticed again as he was then, just briefly, by a few perplexed shepherds. Christmas night, Lights, t'was the night before, jolly St. Nick, presents under the tree, children shuddering with glee, cookies and candy and cinnamon-spiked brandy, half a billion trees ornamented and shining, children afraid that their lists will be ignored for their lying. Then the morning, and yes, he came, Santa despite the snow and rain, Xboxes, iPads, books galore, Roses, toy trains, watches and neckties, spun sugar and video games, the church all swarming with with squirming kids, the vicar preaching, then them wishing he was done, all the joy of the day, the quiet of the afternoon, the wonder we have made, the miracles accomplished, and back there in the past, the shadow of another life, now long over whose gifts linger yet, which are our compassion, our freedom, our forgiveness. He gave us those. Well done, Whitley. When did you do that? 
a few weeks ago. I just wrote it for Christmas. Good for you. Well, you're a great writer. You know that? <laughs> Thank you, George. I look forward to our next show, my friend. Yes, sir. I've got a new book coming. You'll hear about it soon. Excellent. Whitley Strieber, folks, one of a kind, to be sure. Next up, let's go to Chris in Canton, Ohio. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Oh, uh, yes. I want to share with you a conversation I had with Tom Snyder. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. This was like 30 years ago. He had the MSNBC simulcast, okay? And uh, I got in. I said, well, Tom, there's a guy called Art Bell who's doing the paranormal and the people that you had on your show. Keep your eyes out because he's, he's really good. He says, well, I'll listen to him. But I got that out there that Tom knew about Art Bell. Mm-hmm. And I just want to show that. Also, I want to say, George, um, this is kind of personal. Um, are you getting enough time for rest and time to share? You know, the coast, the coast to coast show is nice and great, but you, are you getting enough time with your family and enough time to rest? Oh yeah, I am. I'm okay, spending that's, time. That's great. Okay, George, uh, you have a Merry Christmas, and I wanted to share that with you. Okay, and I Tom think Tom Snyder, he interviewed Barney and Betty Hill, didn't he, at the time? Oh, yes. Yes, he did a lot of the shows that Coast to Coast followed up on. Absolutely. Well, great. Chris, thank you so much, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and to your dear friends. Tom, we've got... Uh, Time for a text or tweet? What do you have for us? Yeah, we sure do. Hold on. I just got to turn this down because I got to tell you something real quick. Sure. This cartoon is great. <laughs> oh, the one with us? The caricature of me and Art Bell? <laughs> these two guys come across these, um, like, zombies, and y- you say it's a haint, and you, t- you tell them to play the clarinet to scare them away. <laughs> And to feed them cream. I would, I would probably say something like that. <laughs> but then they don't do it, so you come back and you go, now I know what you're dealing with. They've got a little mustache on the character. It's great. It's really <laughs> great. Little me. This one is from uh, Troy in Las Vegas. You get one wish come 2023. It comes true. What is the wish? This particular wish, the end of the Russian-Ukraine war and peace out in that region. That would be my wish so far. That's a good wish. Yep. That's, that's a good a, wish. And it could happen. Let's hope so. Yes. Let's take some more calls. And then, uh, by the way, we're going to end the program with a couple things tonight. We're going to play a letter from Michael, which is that the traditional piece that I play that the, the great broadcaster Lee Allen has left us. And then we're going to end the show with our guest, Christian Weil, singing Oh Holy Night. It's one of the classics. And he's a great singer, and uh, that'll be right at the end before we sign off. So get ready for that. And uh, let's take some more open line calls. Brian is in the state of Washington. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brian, welcome. Oh, hey, George. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to your whole crew and you. You too. You too, Uh, my friend. And I am just uh, beyond (laughs) to be on the same, being on hold and, and Whitley come through i wore out that book communion the pages are shot oh what a great book huh oh and the and the movie with christopher walken was great too oh yeah and and for him to pop up like a surprise guest it's like you gotta be kidding me right now i had goosebumps uh, (laughs) oh and i was just gonna say for you one caller earlier uh when he was lining up for the uh, uh, politics, the politics thing, I would say, well, we might as well get Cornelius in there for the press secretary because I'm pretty sure he could handle that. He probably could. Press. He'd be a good one. 
if you guys got time, I'm going to keep it going. So Do that would it. be great. Super. But I, I just wanted to mention, George, uh, the Everett show, you know, I've lived in Washington State, and, and that was the first time I've seen you guys live, and it was such an excellent show. And I'm planning my uh, vacation for next year for your March Sedona. Oh, great, Brian. You're yeah. going to like that. Yeah, it's Looks like uh, probably from where everybody's coming from, we got to fly to Flagstaff because that's only like 30 miles out. And I've been doing a little Googling around, and it looks like they got UFO. This one company has a, it's called Sedona UFO and Vortex Tours. There's another tour where you can have night vision goggles. And uh, I just wanted to mention that how excited you probably are for this. Absolutely. I, you know, I love the stage shows that we do, Brian, because I get to meet people like you up front and personal. And that's so important to me. Oh, yeah. And uh, to build the, a lot of my friends have seen you in the past. And my first time was I ever watching. Of course, you know, my first call in was last year. And I'm thinking you guys are in four countries. I don't know how many millions of listeners. But and then I've you know, from the ancient alien times when you were on there. And I was like, I was so nervous, but I just knew for some reason I'm going to get through. And, and you, I did. And you and did, was, my friend. We'll see you in yeah, Sedona. And, oh, without a doubt. So uh, take care, George. You're awesome. Have a great Christmas, my friend, and stay healthy. Jim in Delaware, take it away. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, George. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your listeners. Thank you, Jim. You too. Uh, anyway, this ain't what I called for, but I'd like to see Carrie Lake as the first female president. And you know, in this country, the first female president is going to be from the left. You know that. Well, anyway, I noticed that I don't think many Catholics know how Jesus returns. And I was going to ask you, uh, multiple choice cl- a question to how he returned and it's only 50 50 question 50 50 chance does jesus return in the manner that he came the first time or does he return in the manner that he left that's a good question jim and it's all speculation but i would think if he returns when he returns it'll be in a different way not not the, the way that we know it in the Bible. That would be totally different. That's just my guess. Who knows? Melanie's with us in South Carolina. Welcome to the show. Hi, Melanie. Hey. Uh, baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> it is cold. Uh, yes. Man, we got hey, hit with I've something. I've been practicing what to say, and I don't know. I'm nervous. But anyway, thanks to you, I heard about the Beagles. You know the 4,000 Beagles? Yep. I got one. You got one of them? I did, yes. And I'll tell you, I know God did this because I was looking for, I got a, a Jack Russell, and I was looking for a Jack B, which is a Jack Russell, and a, a Beagle mix because I had one. And I just got in the car, and you brought that up, and I was bound and determined. I had to drive like four hours away. I was there at 3.30 in the morning, and I got me a Beagle. And he's driving me nuts now. <laughs> Great dogs. Yeah, he he's the sweetest thing, but I'm telling you, he's kind of hard. He's like me, hard to train. I, hey, I'm I'm like that other man. I'm horse too. 
Well, you're a good person, Mel. You have a great right. Christmas, and I'm glad you got one of those little pups. Walter's with us in North Carolina. Hey, Walter, go ahead. Good morning, and thanks for that great evening program we're having, or this morning program we're you having. You are very welcome. My pleasure. I'm an old radio guy. I go back to 1958, my first job, at, at 15 years old. I'm 79 now. Good for you. I managed a small FM station in the Gainesville, Florida area back in the 80s and uh, into the 90s. And every Christmas, I would work Christmas morning. I'd get my regular man off the air uh, so he could be with his family. And uh, I would urge the youngsters listening to call in and tell me what they got for Christmas. And in between Christmas records, I would they'd call and I would put them on hold and I'd sort of screen them. And I'd put them on the air and I'd play another Christmas record and maybe do a, a Christmas uh, greeting from one of the sponsors. And then I'd put them on again. And I guess from about 6 o'clock till noon, I would get a bunch of listeners. And it's funny, when I go back to that area, a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the listeners and the sponsors are still around, and they would tell me that they, you know, they had uh, radios with cassette recorders. Mm -hmm. Right. And they would record their children talking to me on the air about oh, cool. what they got for Christmas, their <laughs> new bicycle, their new 22 gun their new baby doll and so on and so forth and boy it makes that just makes me feel so good to be remembered like that well, that's cool walter yeah. you're, you're a pioneer my friend and you have a merry christmas hey we're going to take a quick break and come back and wrap things up with final calls and then we've got a little special thing for you at the end of the program so we will be back in a moment on coast to coast am on our Christmas Eve program tomorrow and then our Christmas Day program on Sunday, Connie Willis will be here. No tapes. We'll be live for you. And then on the other national holiday on Monday that they officially call as the Christmas Business Day Off, we will be live. I'll be here for you. So make sure you're part of the program. Hey, it's Sandra Champlain from Shades of the Afterlife. Christmas was magical when I was a kid. I'd wake my parents and siblings up at 5 o'clock in the morning, screaming, Santa's been here! Get up, everybody! I'm still that little kid at heart. Go create some magic for someone in your life. Merry Christmas, and thank you for listening to iHeartRadio. Yes, Andrea is on our Paranormal Podcast Network, one of uh, many uh, hosts there. Let's go right to the phone. Scott is with us. In Costa Mesa, uh, California. Welcome to the show. Hey, Scotty. Hey, George. How are you doing this evening? Great. Have a great Christmas, my friend. Thank you. You as well. I've got sort of a fun little song that I hope you will understand when I'm done. Okay. Here goes. I'm not a singer, so I'll try. Uh, <laughs> a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, M, N. O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z Noel 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 <laughs> You get it? Not bad. <laughs> anyway, also uh, the biggest miracle in my <laughs> life, and I think in everybody's uh, on the planet, is the planet and the journey that we're all on. It's an amazing journey, isn't it? It is. It's 
just phenomenal to think of all the life that is on the planet. In spite of uh, the uh, ups and downs, it's still the best planet in the world to be on. <laughs> it is. I'll take it over Mars any day. You got it. Hey, thanks again, Scotty. Have a great Christmas. We're going to uh, close the program tonight with something uh, very special. I had heard this years ago. It was a broadcaster out of Detroit by the name of Lee Allen. He'll introduce himself uh, in a second on this program. Uh, But uh, he did a rendition called Letter from Michael, which is extremely emotional when you listen to all the words. And then when we come back, our dear friend Kristen Wilde will be singing a song for us, and I'll tell you about that later. Merry Christmas, everybody. My name is Lee Allen. And the story you're about to hear has become a Christmas tradition. It's been broadcast for over 25 years on radio stations all over America. The story was given to me by Ed Hardy, news director of a radio station much like this one. It was a copy of a letter written by a young Marine named Michael, who was hospitalized after being wounded on a Korean battlefield. The letter was written home to his mother, but it was first seen in red by a Navy chaplain. In the letter, Michael describes what happened to him on that lonely, frozen battlefield. When the chaplain first saw the letter, he talked with the boy's mother, the sergeant in charge of the boy's patrol, and the patrol members themselves. Privately, they will all still tell you that what you're about to hear is a true story. We simply read the letter at Christmas time and let it stand on its own merit. The sergeant, the patrol members, and Michael are real people. The story is the letter. A copy of the original. A letter from Michael. Dear Mom, I wouldn't dare write this letter to anyone but you because no one else would believe it. Maybe even you'll find it hard. But I've got to tell somebody. First off, I'm in a hospital. Now, don't worry, you hear me? Don't don't worry. I, I was wounded, but I'm okay. You understand? Okay. The doctor says I'll be up and around in a month. But that isn't what I want to tell you. Remember when I joined the Marines last year? Remember when I left, how you told me to say a prayer to St. Michael every day? You really didn't have to tell me that. Ever since I can remember, you always told me to pray to St. Michael the Archangel. You even named me after him. Well, I always have. When I got to Korea, I prayed even harder. Remember the prayer you taught me? Michael, Michael of the morning, fresh court of heaven adorning. You know the rest of it. Well, I said it every day. Sometimes when I was marching, sometimes resting. But always before I went to sleep. I even got some of the other fellows to say it. Well, one day I was with an advanced detail way up forward of the front lines. I was plodding along in the bitter cold. My breath was like cigar smoke. I thought I knew every guy in a patrol, and alongside of me comes another Marine I'd never met before. He was bigger than any Marine I'd ever seen. He must have been six foot four and built in proportion. Gave me a feeling of security to have such a buddy near. Anyway, there we were, trudging along. Rest of the patrol spread out. Just to start a conversation, I said, Cold, ain't it? And then I laughed. Here I was with a good chance of getting killed any minute, and I'm talking about the weather. My companion seemed to understand. I heard him laugh softly. I looked at him. 
I've never seen you before. I thought I knew every man in the outfit. I just joined at the last minute, he replied. The name is Michael. Is that so, I said. That's my name, too. I know, he said. And then went on, Michael, Michael, the morning. I was too amazed to say anything for a minute. How did he know my name and the prayer that you had taught me? Then I smiled to myself. <laughs> Every guy in the outfit knew about me. Hadn't I taught the prayer to anyone who'd listen? Why, now and then they even referred to me as St. Michael. Neither of us spoke for a time, and then he broke the silence. We're going to have some trouble up ahead. He must have been in fine physical shape, for he was breathing so lightly I couldn't see his breath. Mine poured out in great clouds. There was no smile on his face now. Trouble ahead, I thought to myself. Well, with the enemy all around us, that's no great revelation. Snow began to fall in great thick globs. In a brief moment, the whole countryside was blotted out, and I was marching in a white fog of wet, sticky particles. My companion disappeared. Michael! I shouted in sudden alarm. I felt his hand on my arm. His voice was rich and strong. This will stop shortly. His prophecy proved to be correct. In a few minutes, the snow stopped as abruptly as it had begun. The sun was a hard, shining disk. I looked back for the rest of the patrol. There was no one in sight. We lost him in that heavy fall of snow. I looked ahead as we came over a little rise. Mom? My heart stopped. There were seven of them. In their padded pants and jackets and funny little hats. Only there wasn't anything funny about them now. Seven rifles were aimed at us. Down, Michael! I screamed and hit the frozen earth. I heard those rifles fire almost as one. I heard the bullets. But there was Michael, still standing. Mom, those guys couldn't have missed. Not at that range. I expected to see him literally blown to bits. But there he stood, making no effort to fire himself. He was paralyzed with fear. It happened sometimes, Mom, even to the bravest. He was, he was like a bird, fascinated by a snake. At least, that's what I thought then. I jumped up to pull him down and felt a sudden flame in my chest. I often wondered what it felt like to be hit. Now, I know. I remember feeling strong arms about me. Arms that laid me ever so gently on a pillow of snow. I opened my eyes for one last look. I was dying. Maybe I was even dead. I remember thinking, well... This isn't so bad. Maybe I was looking into the sun. Maybe I was in shock. But it seemed I saw Michael standing erect again. Only this time, his face was shining with terrible splendor. As I say, maybe it was the sun in my eyes, but he seemed to change as I watched him. He grew bigger. His arms stretched out wide. Maybe it was the snow falling again, but there was a brightness around him, like the wings of an angel. In his hand was a sword, a sword that flashed with a million lights. Well, that's the last thing I remember till the rest of the fellows came up and found me. 
I don't know how much time had passed, but now and then I had a moment's respite from the pain. Fever. I remember telling them of the enemy just ahead. Where's Michael? I asked. I saw them look at one another. Where's who? Asked one. Michael. Michael, that big Marine I was walking with just before the snow squall hit us. Kid said to Sergeant, you weren't walking with anyone. I had my eyes on you the whole time. You were getting too far out. I was just going to call you in when you disappeared in the snow. He looked at me curiously. How'd you do it, kid? How'd I do what? I asked, half angry despite my wound. This big Marine named Michael and I were just... Son said to Sergeant kindly, I picked this outfit myself, and there just ain't another Michael in it. You're the only Mike in it. He paused for a moment. Just how'd you do it, kid? We heard shots. There hasn't been a shot fired from your rifle. And there isn't a bit of lead in them seven bodies over the hill there. I didn't say anything. What could I say? I could only look open-mouthed with amazement. It was then the sergeant spoke again. Kid, he said gently. Every one of those seven bodies over the hill there was killed. By a sword stroke. That's all I can tell you, Mom. As I say, it may have been the sun in my eyes. It may have been the cold or the pain. But that's what happened. Love. Michael. It still gives me chills every time I hear it. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Lottestour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burles, Ryan Stacy, Tim Banal, Ian Punnett, George Knapp, Lisa Gar, Connie Willis, Richard Serrett. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. Have a great Christmas, everyone, and we'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.